you know, Easter, our celebration today, is really just focused on one thing. It was kind of funny. I was driving in the car last night, and um, if you would understand how my brain works, I'm always thinking ahead to the next thing. I, I have an inability just to rest, and um, I always have to be thinking about what I have to do next. And we were driving home last night, and I said out loud to Suzanne and the boys in the car, I said, I don't remember what I'm preaching about tomorrow. And, I mean, I was trying to remember the sermon, the outline. And Josh says, well, duh, Dad, it might have something to do with the resurrection. <laughs> and I said, well, you just might be right about that. <laughs> it does. But I said, I can't remember what I was going to preach. And I was trying to go through the, the sermon, my sermon outline in my, in my mind. But that's why we're here today. Josh, you were right. It has something to do with the resurrection. You know, knowing that Jesus is alive, church, is the greatest truth in all of the world, in all of eternity. And I was trying to, I was thinking about that because we could just make that statement flippantly and say, oh, it's the greatest truth. But there is nothing else that a person could embrace as true in their life that could not only change this life, but change their entire eternity. Um, because scripture is very, very, very clear that there is one name under heaven given among men whereby which we must be saved, and that's the man Christ Jesus. And that he didn't stay in the tomb and die like they thought on Good Friday. But on Easter Sunday, we recognize the historical truth that Jesus really is alive. And so it's the greatest single truth that any person could ever come to terms with in their entire life. And can you imagine what those followers of Jesus must have felt like when they realized that Jesus really was alive? When all of a sudden from the recesses of their mind was coming back to them, the thoughts that, wait, he did say this. That when he said he would tear down this temple and in three days rebuild it, that's what he was talking about. He wasn't talking about physical stone and structure. He was talking about his body. Do you imagine what they felt like when they realized that he really was alive? They realized that, you know, we, we, we hoped to believe he really was the son of God. And when the religious leaders said, is it true that you're the son of God? And he said, it is as you say. And they and one person slapped him and the, the leading priest tore his, his robe because they couldn't believe it. But that all of a sudden now the followers of Christ realize he really is the son of God. That he really wasn't silenced by the religious leaders and by the Roman government. That they thought they had won and they stuck him in a, in a hole in the ground and rolled a rock and they said, enough of this guy. We don't have to listen to his nonsense anymore. And all of a sudden now they realize, you know what? He was right. He really is alive. And church, knowing this should cause our lives to resonate with the same level of excitement as theirs did on that Easter Sunday, that first Easter Sunday. And I know that's hard for us to do sometimes. Pastor Bruce said, if this was your first Easter Sunday or your 91st Easter Sunday, you know, it's still important. And I know as human things become, become repetitious and we say, oh, it's another Easter. Another day for, where are you, Tracy? Another day for hot cross buns. I got a hot cross bun. I'd never heard of hot cross buns before until I found out that you eat them on Easter because there's a cross on the top. Another year for hot cross buns. And we can just look at it and say, well, it's just, it's just repetitious. But you know what? It shouldn't be. And my hope today was just to create a day of celebration where we would celebrate new life in Christ through baptism and we would sing songs that celebrate the reality of Christ and we would be reminded and our hearts would begin to, to burst like those disciples had to, on, that, on that first day when they found the tomb was really empty and that he's, then Jesus says to them, you know, I'm here and an angel says, why are you looking for the living among the dead? You know, because 
we should resonate with that same level of excitement when we grasp the reality that Jesus is just as alive today as he was 2,000 years ago when they saw him outside of the empty tomb. You know, he promised his disciples, um, and, and through his word, he promised us that he would be with us always, even till the end of the age, until the end of when human existence is. And so Jesus is just as alive and real today. Easter Sunday should be the greatest day on our life's calendar. You know, I've got some big days on my calendar. You know, the boys and I know that coming up next, next Wednesday or two Wednesdays from now is opening a turkey season for us. That's a big, that's a big day on my, on my calendar. You know, some of you have whatever, something else that's a big day in your calendar. That's big stuff, but you know what? It's nothing. The number one day on our calendar of our lives should be Easter, the day that we remember that Jesus really is alive. And as we think of that today, I want us to think about two things that living in the reality of this truth, that of Christ's resurrection, that he's alive, two things that, that it means to us. Now, I promised the people who are getting baptized, I said, I'm going to do something that I try to do at times and I'm never good at it. I said, I'm going to preach a really short message today. And uh, because our main emphasis is going to be the testimonies of the changed lives we're going to look at. But there's two things I think we want to consider today. Um, that I want to look at briefly of that, that are, are truths um, that are important to us in the reality of Christ's resurrection. The first one is this, that as Christians, um, when we come to Christ, that we're not offered a religion, that we're, but rather we're offered a relationship. And for some of you in this room today, you've never thought of it like that before. You've never realized that, that Christianity or any other religion, because you, people lump them all together, could be anything different than religious observance. But Christianity is different than everything else in the world. For any other group or teaching that says it's a religion or a philosophy, Christianity is different because we don't just have religious practices. In addition to that, we have something so much more. We have a relationship, that we have a relationship with a living God. He's alive. That's what Easter is all about. You know, think of this. Why in the world do we come together and sing songs? Why do we take time to pray? Why do we pray in our service? Why did a group of people meet for an hour before church like they do every single Sunday and pray before the service? Why? It's for one reason and one reason only. God's alive. He's listening. If he wasn't listening, why would we do what we do? He's alive, and we as his followers can communicate with the Lord and it's only because he is alive. You see, Christianity is not about following a set of rules and regulations, and sometimes, unfortunately, um, we boil it down to that. But that's not what Christianity is about. It's about following Jesus. It's about knowing that he really is alive, and we really can't enter into a relationship with him. Christianity is really like this. Christianity is about learning and discovering the reality that Jesus is alive, and being struck with that reality, then inviting that living Lord into your life, inviting him to embrace you, inviting him to forgive you of your sins, and then inviting him to lead you along life's journey. That's why I always say when people give their life to Christ, I always say, you've just taken the first step in a journey with Jesus. Because it's just the very first step. And it's the first step of a long life, not of following rules and regulations, but a long life of a relationship with Christ. 
where we get to really, in essence, although we can't see him, in essence, hold him by the hand and walk through life with him. That's what Christianity is about. That's what makes Christianity different. Friends, understand something. Jesus wants to be involved in your life. He wants to be involved, and people say, well, how can he do that? Well, Scripture's very clear. It shows all kinds of ways that Jesus is really, that the Lord is really involved in our lives by the Spirit. Think of these things the Bible says the Spirit does um, into our lives if we walk with him. The Bible says the Spirit guides us. He guides us into all truth. It says that he comforts us. Matter of fact, the, the Father said it's better off, or Jesus said it's better off that I go to the Father, because if I do, another comforter will come, and he won't just be, but be with you, he'll be in you. And so the Spirit of the Lord um, comforts us. That's a real relationship. You know, when you're hurting, you need somebody to put your arm around you and comfort you. But you know there's times in your life that all the hugs from anybody in the world doesn't do it. You need to have the comfort of the living Lord in your life. The Holy Spirit leads us into truth. The Holy Spirit corrects us. And that's one of the things that maybe we don't like to, to, to uh, deal with and maybe we don't like to experience. But when we get off track, we're walking on path with Jesus and he's holding our hand and we start going a little bit to the left or the right, what's he do? He gives us a tug and he says, you know what, Mark, is that really the way you want to go? That's all about the relationship. That the next time that you're, that you're walking with Jesus and all of a sudden you hear that, hear that still small voice that says, do you really want to do that? Do you really want to go there? Do you really want to participate? Was that really the right attitude? You know what that's evidence of? The voice of the Spirit. It's evidence of a relationship. It's evidence of, of someone who is alive speaking into your life. His evidence is that he loves us, that we feel his embrace. I don't know about you, but so often when I'm in worship, and, and whether it's in church or privately, and I try to practice this, this private worship, you know, and I begin to just worship the Lord, I begin to just feel, and I know our, our, our feelings are subjective, but I begin to just feel this reality come upon me of the reality of the love of God. Friends, that's the relationship. You know, it's the relationship that he speaks to us, that, he, that he, he guides and directs us by his voice. We really do enter into a relationship with the Lord when we come to him because he's alive. Listen to a promise that Jesus gives us regarding his being with us. Now, this is a text that we generally call a missions text. It's a text that we usually say, look, it's telling us to go into the world. But you know what? I don't think it's a missions text. I think it's an Easter text. In Matthew 28, 19 and 20, it says this. It says, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And about a dozen of you are going to do that today being baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I command you. And here's the, the, the wonderful part. And lo, I am with you always, always, even to the end of the age. Friends, Jesus promises to be with us. And the most important thing of this text, before we go and do anything, before we, we teach and we baptize in these things, the important part is it's based upon a relationship. It's based upon knowing that Jesus is with us always, even till the end of the age. You know, empty religion would be doing these things, teachings and going and discipling and baptizing, doing those out of obligation, doing those because it's the right thing, doing those because mom and dad and grandma and grandpa said to do it, and that's just what we do in our family. But the relationship is when we understand, I'm with you always, even till the end of the age. And he says, now because I'm with you, now go. Now do these things. That's the relationship. You know, we have so much more than empty religion because he is alive and we can have a relationship. So that's the first thing. 
that I think is really important for us to, to, uh, to celebrate today, that we can have a relationship with the living Lord. And there's another thing that I think is a great reality to come to terms with today as we, as we live in the reality of Christ's resurrection, and it's this. It's the fact that the resurrection, the fact that Jesus rose from the dead, means that God's power is limitless. The fact that Jesus was dead and then was alive reveals something about God that his power is limitless. By the resurrection, Jesus defeated the greatest enemies that mankind has ever had. Scripture says, we'll read it in a minute, it says that Jesus, when he died and rose again, defeated death and the demonic. Revelation chapter 1, verses 17 and 18 says it like this. Jesus is speaking here. He says, do not be afraid. I am the first, <coughs> excuse me, the first and the last. I am the living one. I was dead. Good Friday, he was. I was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. And then it says this based on that. And I have the keys of death and of Hades. Friends, Jesus has the keys of death and Hades because he's alive. There's a, there's a symbolism there. There's something that that represents. When he has the keys, it represents authority. It represents that Jesus has power over. He has control over. He has the keys to them. He's in control of death and the demonic. That Jesus, when he rose from the dead, he said, death can't hold me. And he had power of all of, all of Satan's plans. Friends, man's greatest enemies are under Jesus's authority. And that's what the resurrection proves to us, that his power is limitless. Friends, Jesus overcame death himself, and he now offers eternal life to all who trust in him as Savior and Lord. And friends, that's limitless power. Think of that. Think of the most powerful thing in the world. If you can think of something that would say, this is a demonstration of power, something that's a great explosion or something that's, that's great um, political power. But nothing in the world can compare with the power that Jesus has when he can take somebody who was dead and give them eternal life. That's limitless power, giving eternal life to a mortal man. There's no greater expression of power on the planet. And friends, you need to understand something today. His power is so limitless that there is no evil, that there is no problem, that there is no situation that you will ever encounter in your world that he can't handle. You know the great thing about having a relationship with him? Is that when you're walking in relationship and you still encounter the same kind of problems that you encountered before, but now you're with somebody who has unlimited power and he is able to handle anything. Friends, there's no sin, there's no challenge that confronts you that the power of God cannot overcome. And the resurrection, Easter, reminds us of that power. So when we're on this Easter celebration Sunday, let's understand a few things about what this really means that should make our hearts resonate like it did those with the disciples that day, that, that we can walk in relationship with the living Lord. And when we have a relationship with the living Lord, then his power is available in our lives so that anything we encounter, God is greater than. And friends, that's what we celebrate today. And that's what we celebrate today when we're going to baptize people. In just a moment, we're going to begin. That's what we're doing when we, when we do water baptisms, that we celebrate the very real presence and the very real power of God that reaches down into this whole world of six and a half billion people, and God puts his hand on a person who is lost in sin, and he says, come to me, and they come to him, and he gives them forgiveness, and he gives them new life. 
That's what we celebrate when we baptize somebody this, this Sunday, Easter Sunday. So we're going to celebrate this um, today, the power of God, the reality of the relationship through water baptisms.